Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning into the Nun Report, coming off another weekend where all kinds of crazy things happen, a lot of news happen, some uh, fairly serious, some not so serious, all of it entertaining for sure because it all came from the extreme commie Democrats for the most part. You have a Department of Justice that wants to silence, oh no, Trump, don't say anything about your case at all, but the Department of Justice is allowed to leak whatever they want. Today's show, the theme of the show, is liberalism as a mental disorder. And it doesn't matter whether it's international diplomacy or the press, gun control, vaccines, or economics. You can look at what, just this weekend, it's just a microcosm. I'm not going to expand it out. I'm not going to look at the last two and a half years or even the last six and a half years, because we've looked at that every single day. So let's just look at the last couple of days, because the last couple of days have been um, pretty insane. And so when I look at what the extreme commie Democrats are proposing, what they're talking about, how they view the world, basically the bubble from which they live, their worldview, the way that they like to see their world through and how completely out of touch they are from America, regardless of the topic, regardless of the topic. And so I'm just going to bounce through several things and, and, and sound bites and stuff that happened. I'll comment on them. And these are things that, again, just happened within the last two or three days since, since my last show, which was Friday, before a lot of this broke. And, and just kind of look at, you know, what, where are these people coming from? I, I, some of them, I find it hard to believe they actually believe the things that they're saying because the proof is in the real world. The proof is in the statistics and in the economics, the reality of today. And everything they say seems to fly exactly in the face of that. And of course they blame for a while there, they were blaming Trump. Of course, we're still catching up from Trump and now they're blaming the, the, the Republican house, which doesn't really make sense because they don't have a lot of control other than to investigate things. But every turn of the way, I mean, the, the, the Juneteenth, that's become completely politicized, that they cannot help but politicize every single thing and make it some sort of cause and make somebody a victim. There has to be a cause and a victim. Every single thing they do requires a cause and a victim. And then they can pit them against each other. They can pit the opposition against that and make them look like the bad guy or try to make them look like the bad guy. You're not for gun control. You support killing people in the streets. Whoa, that's pretty extreme. Or, hey, uh, you know what? President Trump was so bad, he should be shot. What? They said that. We're going to show that clip too. Pretty crazy. They did actually say that. This is not a satirical show. It can sometimes be a weird show. What I do is I'd offer my opinion on things that actually happen. So I will show you video clips. I will show you quotations. I will show you statistics, offer my opinion, and then you go ahead and create your own. That's what it's all about. We are critically thinking people. People who watch this show have the ability to sit down and look at information, digest it, analyze it, and form their own opinions based on that. And I'll give you mine. Do with it what you will. 
I wish you'd follow me on rumble.com slash the Nun Report. That'd be a great way to support a, a fellow America First conservative. If you can't, you know, it's a matter of amplifying different platforms and different people. So go ahead and do that. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. If you don't want to, that's fine as well. But that's where I'm at is rumble.com slash the Nun Report. You can check me out there. Give me a follow or smash the like button or the, on Rumble. It's the Rumble button. Setting up an account is free. Following all the cool content on there is free. It doesn't cost you anything. So anyway, check it out. I'm in Seattle, Washington, as most of you know. Not in Seattle proper, so to speak, but I live up in the Seattle area. One of the famous places in Seattle is the Pike Place Market. It is a very cool place. Up until all the surrounding areas became infested with human feces and drug paraphernalia and needles and homeless and aggressive vagrants who will, just to get a cigarette, I mean, they won't get out of your face. I've seen them beg cigarettes from people. I don't smoke. Haven't 14 years now, 14 years. They say that my chance of heart disease and lung cancer is that of a non-smoker, someone who's never smoked at this point. So pretty happy about that. And uh, so anyway, today is Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. The day that Republicans freed all the slaves from their Democratic owners. That's one way to look at it, really. Because that's, that, that's kind of overall what happened. Oh, what's this? That's my ringtone. Um, <laughs> I got to remember to turn that off before the show. Although it's kind of funny when it does pipe in. Anyway, Pike Place Market in Seattle. Uh, tonight, they're going to commemorate Juneteenth, 2023. We are dimming the market clock sign to illuminate the BLM only because they have this big sign, Public Market Center. So they're going to black out all the letters except for BLM at Pike Place Market. We believe in fostering a community that celebrates diversity. Let's honor Juneteenth and embrace the values of equity and respect. Oh, I love you, equity. I love you, respect. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Really, so they're going to celebrate Juneteenth with a tribute to an organization that spawned violent riots across the entire country, built tens of billions of dollars from people to enrich themselves and their family, and an organization that is now bankrupt. This is how out of touch in the bubble that they live in. They actually think they probably don't even know that BLM is bankrupt. They probably don't even know that they bought tens of millions of dollars worth of property and paid their and their relatives insane amounts of money for different so-called services, all out of the money that was donated to them. Very little money went to support black causes or nonprofits within inner cities. This is how out of touch Seattle is or whoever manages the public market down there. An organization, <laughs> a violent organization, a grifting organization, an organization that scammed a lot of people out of tens of millions of dollars to enrich themselves, who's now bankrupt. Seattle is going to pay tribute to them in honor of Juneteenth. I was going to do some banking today, but I couldn't because, of course, uh, the Swiss cheese for brains specimen in the White House 
decided to make today a federal holiday via executive order. And so banks are closed. Oh, I can't go do any banking transactions. I have some people I wanted to pay. But before I do that, I've got to put some money into one account and move some money from another to another. But nothing's going to happen today because it's another federal holiday akin to the 4th of July. Let's see what what the administration does for the 4th of July. Are they going to paint the White House red, white, and blue like they painted it the rainbow colors for Pride Month? I guess we'll see. In the past, they haven't. In the past, they haven't. Moving along. I hope, I hope I'm moving along here. Check this out. All right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to fix that. So Biden went to Philadelphia, well, actually Pennsylvania and Philadelphia to speak to union members because, well, actually the union members don't necessarily love him so much, but the unions love him. And he went there to, do what he does. Now, keep in mind, unions represent like 3% of the workforce and 90% of that is our our federal employees. So it's not like unions have, you know, unions served a point, a a purpose at one point, but they really don't anymore. There there are already, there, there are federal laws in place to protect workers' rights and wages. We don't need collective bargaining or unions. Okay? We don't. Uh, Captain Neanderthal, Met uh, met Biden at the airport, and this is how it looked. Now, this is a senator of the United States of America. Look at him. He's holding his hands. He's in gym shorts, tennis shoes, and an oversized hoodie. I mean, he looks like he could be living on the streets. But hey, you know, it's for his old mental health and mental wellness. We need to let John Fetterman do what John Fetterman does and be who John Fetterman is. We can't hold him to any standards. We can't hold him to any higher etiquette or, or, or purpose. He shouldn't have to conform to, you know, the standards of being a senator of the United States of America. No, no, no. Because that might hurt his feelings and make him make him feel bad and get anxiety and stressed out, man, to where he needs to go back to the to the hospital. Maybe he doesn't belong in Congress. Maybe, just maybe, if he can't operate within those realities and circumstances, maybe he shouldn't be there. Not only did he meet President Biden at the airport, he also introduced him during this oh-so-memorable moment. Uh <laughs> Mr. Neanderthal introduces Mr. Potato Head. Here we go. The president, again, next to a a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the the governor and the the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. And then on top of that, uh, the the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America. He needs a translator. And and I'm not talking a sign language translator. I'm talking someone who can actually interpret what the hell he's talking about. 
So anyway, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, there is your senator from the great state of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. One of Trump's biggest mistakes was endorsing Oz as a fellow celebrity, someone I think he probably felt some kinship to, someone he felt like maybe he owed for one reason or another, who was an absolute failure. Oz had no purpose running. He certainly wasn't a conservative. He wasn't an American first conservative, for sure. And yet, Trump decided to endorse him at his own peril, and he lost. One of his biggest losses, in fact, Trump can brag about all of his great wins and everything, and he did have a remarkable, his endorsements won a, a huge, like 90%, okay? So that's great. But the important races, and, and I consider one of the Senate seats to be pretty important, one that was very winnable, one that was winnable, before Fetterman even ran, one that was more winnable after he had his stroke and became mentally incapacitated. And we still lost. And that's not to make fun of someone who's had a stroke or, or suffering or recovering from that or who has mental illness, depression. It is what it is. But that person does not belong in the Senate of the United States of America. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Antony Blinken went traveling around the world. And again, today we're talking about liberalism as a mental disorder. I've talked about uh, Seattle, the bubble they live in, how they're, uh, they're using BLM and, and honoring BLM to support Juneteenth. We've looked at Fetterman. Ay, ay, ay. And now Antony Blinken, he, he went to China. I mean, finally, he went to China. He was going to go to China before the balloon, but then when the balloon, when they let the balloon go across the entire country before they shot it down over the Atlantic Ocean after it already traversed all of America and transmitted all of its information back to China, he was going to go then, but they thought, oh, maybe now's not the best time because the American people are kind of, kind of pissed off about this balloon, as we should be. So he finally went over there and uh, he was just so disrespected. And why wouldn't they disrespect him? They don't, they don't respect Biden. They don't respect the United States right now. And they certainly don't. Um, oh, what was that about? Hmm. I don't know what that's about. So Anthony Blinken went over there and uh, sorry about that. It's just a little when you're when you're self-producing uh, in your own studio and, and you're you're kind of uh, being a one-man Dan, then uh, which is what I am a one-man Dan. Uh, things like that happen anyway. He, he here's his remarks. Some of his remarks afterwards, after he went and and met with the with the president of China and other people in his position and some of the pictures. Let's just listen to what he had to say. Check this out. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one-China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We don't support Taiwanese independence. It wasn't that long ago that, that Biden himself said we would protect Taiwan. Yes, militarily. If China attacked Taiwan, that we would send in troops and militarily protect them. 
I tell you what, we better stand with Taiwan because they control 80% of the semiconductor market in the world, most of which goes, well, much of which goes to the United States. If, if China took over Taiwan, they already own us financially in many ways. If they control the semiconductor market, the United States is done. We may as well just bow down to the CCP. That absolutely cannot happen. We need to stand with Taiwan. We need to support Taiwan. And I believe Taiwan should be independent. Free Tibet. Hey, how about free Taiwan? And then he had this to say. But an aspect of that that really is important is military to military. We don't have an agreement on that yet. It's something we're going to keep working. I made very clear to our Chinese counterparts the importance that we attach to that, something that is also profoundly in their interest. Because again, we both agree that we want to, at the very least, make sure that we don't inadvertently have a conflict because of miscommunication, because of uh, misunderstanding. So Xi Jinping didn't say absolutely not. It was no, this is, a work, not a commitment. this is a work in progress. We're working on it. Will the defense chiefs at least talk to each other? Well, again, to be, to be seen, we've made clear that we think that's important, more than important, uh, imperative. Uh, I think the Chinese understand very well, uh, because I made very clear where we're coming from on this. And <coughs> Bullshit. What did he even say? Did he tell us anything about what happened during their meetings? Oh, well, I've made very clear, and I believe the Chinese understand very well. The Chinese are laughing at us, man. Plain and simple. Freaking ridiculous. Joe Biden is going on a gun control binge again because he wants to take your firearms. He's talked about it forever, even though he doesn't really know what a firearm is. I mean, to him, I mean, this guy is still living. To him, a firearm is a shotgun. Just have your wife with a shotgun in the house. And if someone's approaching it, just shoot it in the air and that'll scare people off. Not living in today's reality, that's not going to scare anybody off. If anything, it makes you a target. We have the right to keep and bear arms. It's enshrined in our Constitution, such as, same as free speech, the right of assembly, and they're taking, they're trying to, to, to limit or take away all of these things in the name of saving democracy. How do you take away constitutional rights in the name of saving democracy or safety? Those who give up their freedoms in exchange for safety shall have neither, right? This, this, this was one... And this, oh, I forgot to pull the clip where he said, God save the queen, man. That's how he ended this speech that I'm going to show a couple of clips from. What the hell does that even mean? God save the queen. Uh, you know, <laughs> the queen's dead and you were in Connecticut when you were said that. Anyway, check this out. This is regarding uh, pistol braces, which are intended to help uh, veterans, originally intended to help veterans, but then all people with disabilities to be able to still exercise their Second Amendment rights by, by providing a brace that goes on their arm so that, uh, oh, there we go. There we go. A brace that goes on their arm so that they can still hold a pistol and use it, right? Seems pretty pretty common sense to me, but there's a federal ban on them right now. There are legal challenges all over the country. There are organizations that if you are a part of, 
you're involved in the uh, the stay of that order, so you're not a felon yet. Although 28 million Americans a couple of days ago became felons under this law because they didn't report them. They didn't put them into a national gun registry. Here's what Biden had to say about braces and uh, what happens when you put a pistol in them. Made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. If you put a pistol in a brace, it makes it a gun. Because it wasn't a gun before that. And once you put it in there, it can be a higher caliber gun firing higher caliber rounds just simply by putting it inside of this. All right. A pistol brace is a polymer piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic. It's a piece of plastic. <laughs> if you're going to try to ban something, at least know what it is. But anyway, I thought I would test it out. And so I, I, I took three pistol. I put my pistol and I added three braces to it. And this is what happened. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was, it, not only did it become a gun, it became a battleship. And I was able to do this. God, if you're going to ban something, man, at least know what it is. At least be able to articulate your argument. But the left, they don't even care. About it. Again, again, today's theme, liberalism as a mental disorder because not only these people who are saying all this stuff are, are nuts people who are listening to them if you actually believe this stuff i mean i question your your mental capacity and you're certainly dumb you're a useful idiot if you're sitting there espousing this information and actually digging it in and, and, and digesting it re regurgitating it you believe what they're talking about man there is not a lot of lot of hope for you he continued with this. Oh, by the way, you know what I get when I, we're talking about the fentanyl at the border and all that? I speak with the president of Mexico. Will you stop sending guns to us? We are sending dangerous weapons, particularly assault weapons, to Mexico. Angry Joe. To Mexico. They're asking us, please stop it. Cut it off at the border. What in God's name are we becoming if we don't? The American Apology Tour. Yes, it's our fault. It's our fault. Mexico is allowing their cartels to send, killing 80 to 100,000 Americans a year with fentanyl overdoses coming to this country from Mexico who gets the material from China, manufactures, the cartels send it across the border. And Biden is talking about the United States. It's our fault for sending guns to Mexico. When I talk to Mexico, you know what they say? Stop sending guns. You mean like during Fast and Furious? When you intentionally sent guns, the U.S. government sent guns to Mexico and lost track of them? Hmm. It's a mental disorder. You want some more examples? Here's your press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. And, and I'm sorry, I know that I'm bouncing all over, uh, but there is a theme. You get it, right? 
I don't normally show this many clips. There's usually a little bit more analysis and and opinion commentary, but uh, I just there were so many little clips that came over this weekend. And and who can for I mean this one if you haven't seen it a yet year check it out in this role there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud many things many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment again this is a historic administration I'm a historic figure and I certainly walk in history every day but this is also <laughs> her English is horrible <laughs> she doesn't know when to use have or has. She never has been able to. She's 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 not smart. She's not a smart person. She's an educated person. Big difference between education and intelligence in many cases. So she's a historic person. I I am a historic person. I am the I am the representation of equity. I'm a lesbian. Female black person, and I was hired because of that. Therefore, I'm historic. Well, in, in one of the boldest moves possibly ever, the United States has uh, placed Karine Jean Pierre. She's been added to Mount Rushmore, uh, making equitable history. So there you go. There's a, that's an actual picture right there. There's not photoshopped at all. You can see that uh, Karine Jean Pierre is uh, right there. There's a big picture. You can see she's been added to Mount Rushmore, and. Uh, you know, God bless her. You know, she's such a historic figure. I'm glad that she was able to do that. A good friend of mine, Brock Smith, did this cartoon, Historical Female Figure Doll Collection. We have uh, Katherine Johnson, Sally Ride, Rosa Parks, Frida Kale, Amelia Earhart, and, of course, Karine Jean-Pierre as the uh, gay black female riggedy Anne. That was your weird portion of the show. We talk about truth, freedom, and weirdness on the Nun Report, and that was a little bit of weirdness right there. Moving right along, there's a couple of different things I want to get to, and then one kind of serious thing that I am going to talk about today, but I did want to, uh, I did want to get here. This is the old press secretary, Jen Psaki, and uh, she's talking with uh, Governor Westmoreland. Uh, he says that banning pornography not allowing children to view pornography is is aggressive toward them. Check this out. Why do you think this has become a passion project of some conservatives? I continue hearing people making the argument that we're doing it because we want to prevent our students from having discomfort or guilt because we don't want our students to be able to really wrestle with these really difficult things in times when they're maturing as individuals and difficult historical points. But the thing I realized, and, and I wanted to speak out about it, is that's actually not true. It's, it's, it's a guise. It's not about making kids uncomfortable. It's not saying. about making kids feel uncomfortable. It's about telling other kids that they shouldn't understand their own power. It's castrating them. It's castrating them. If you don't allow your grade school children to learn about giving blowjobs and having anal sex and masturbation, then you are castrating your children because it's not about sex. If you're trying to protect your children from discomfort or guilt, 
by not allowing them to have pornographic material in public schools. You are the enemy. And it's the same old theme. It's the way they frame everything. If you don't do this, you're the dispassionate one. You, as a, as a conservative, as a someone with morals and values and ethics who believes in family, who believes that the school ought to teach children to read and write and do math. If you believe that they're not about, they, they should be, I mean, the school is a social justice system. That's their primary goal is to teach your children how to be socially adept and believe in social values. If you don't believe in that, you're a bigot. You're probably a racist and definitely a white supremacist. The next up, this person is not even a congressperson, but somehow she gets a mouthpiece. She's a bureaucrat. She's not elected by anybody. And she did a little, uh, some say it's a Freudian slip, and that may be, but Freudian slips is how they really feel. These people, let me be clear. I've been saying this for years. They... They don't just want to win. They don't want to just silence conservatism. They want you dead. And there are example after example after example of this. They want you in jail. They want you dead. They want you to cease to exist. They hate you. They don't just disagree with your policies. But because of the policies you believe in, they personally hate you. And here's a prime example. Check this out and watch it. Pay close attention to what she's talking. Everything she says here is bullshit, okay? Everything she says in here is complete crap. But pay attention to what she says at the very end. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be stopped. (laughs) Do you want to listen to that one more time? Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot. Stop. (laughs) He needs to be shot. That was her first reaction. He needs to be shot. Oh, shit. I didn't mean that. Let's touch on vaccines here just a little bit. And then we're going to look at the economy and we'll, we'll go out. Um, Melinda Gates, of course, she's the authority on vaccines and she is evil. She's, she, she is as bad or worse than her ex-husband, Bill. But this is her, they just want everybody to get vaccinated. Check this out. I can be an out in a remote rural village. You can be in Botswana and a cell phone rings, even where there's no running water. So when a woman, I'll use that example, can see on her phone, the vaccines are available at the clinic. Today's the day I should walk with my kids. Today's the day that contraceptives are available at the clinic. Today's the day I should go in. A woman, what she mostly has in the developing world is her unpaid labor. 
but she doesn't want to use it to go into clinic if the vaccines aren't there. And yet she knows that life-saving vaccine will save her children's life. So that information is vitally and critical to her. It's critical to her in terms of her kids' safety, knowing if they go out where Villages that have no running water. The most important thing is they know where to get their vaccinations. If they can, they have a cell phone. <laughs> no running water. But they've got a cell phone where they can get a notification. Ping. Oh, shit. It's time to go get my vaccination. Round up the kids. Walk to the, to the neighboring village that has the clinic. Who knows how many miles away. And get our vaccines. Yes. We're vaccinated. We don't have any running water. One would think that having running water might be just, 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 I don't know, man. Maybe I'm crazy. But it seems like having running water would be just a notch or a hundred higher than trotting through the desert with your child to get an unproven vaccination that might do more harm than good. In fact, in many cases, it's proven to do more harm than good. This chart came out today. I was checking it out. This is, they were trying to promote that, oh, look at how great vaccines were. Man, they, they dropped the, the death rate dropped to almost nothing after the, whoa, 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 whoa. When, when did the death rate drop? Um, looks like about February of 2022. Long after the vaccines came out, when did it really get down to zero? May of 2023. No one's taking this vaccine anymore. It followed its course. They shut down the global economy and the greatest economy in the history of the world, the United States, thanks to Donald J. Trump, in the name of a payoff to the pharmaceutical industry. And this this is a this is an interesting little chart. So think about it. These vaccines that they keep touting, these vaccines that everybody has to get. We used to get like uh, I think our kids used to get like have to get a dozen of them. You know, when I was a kid, I, I think we had to get like five or six. You know, maybe. Just I was just in the, on the cusp of you know you got vaccinated for measles, mumps, and rubella. But that we did we. We're giving these vaccines to every child, every child. Think about that. And the fact is, they cause very little death. Pre-vaccine, before vaccines, okay? And you can take a look at this chart. Take a screenshot and and study it. But measles, uh, the deaths were only 440 between annual, annual, Average between 1953 and 1962, 440 nationwide. Mumps, 39. 39 nationwide. Rubella, 17. So we're requiring children to get vaccinations for diseases that killed 17 for rubella, 39 for mumps, 440 for measles. 
It's about 500 people in a year that, uh, that died. And we're requiring all of them to get, and then look down at the bottom, uh, tetanus is another one. Everyone, oh no, if you got a rusty nail, you need to get a tetanus shot, or you need to have a tetanus shot every 10 years to make sure you don't die. Really? 472 people a year. I could think of all kinds of things, all kinds of purposes that killed far more people than that, that we don't give one damn about. That we don't try to mitigate in any way whatsoever. Anyway, I know we jumped around to a lot of stuff. I appreciate your time. I hope that you got something out of this show. Again, it wasn't meant to be necessarily organized on a topic basis. It was meant to present an overall picture of the mental disorder that is liberalism. That these people think that they want to control everything in your life and that only they know best, only their ideas work, only their ideas matter. Trust them, trust the science. If you have a different opinion, if you might want to you know, research or you found some different information, you want to interject it into the discussion, no, that makes you a denier a bigot, a racist, a white supremacist, maybe even a Nazi. They love to throw names out. They love to just call people names if they don't agree with them. If you don't buy into their bullshit, if you don't buy into their hysteria, if you don't fear them, if you don't fear them, you are their enemy. If you don't bow to them, you're their enemy. If you don't buy into their bullshit, you are the enemy, and they don't only want to win and destroy you, they want you dead. And as Joe Biden would say, that's not hyperbole. No, many of them really, really, they, they, they hate you vehemently. Anyway, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching today. If you've just been listening on uh, renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast channels. I'm on all of them. Make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the men report. Today was very video loaded uh, with clips. I want to make sure you check those out so you understand what I was talking about. I'm on all the socials at the men report except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. Or just go to my uh, go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can check it out. One stop, one shop. It's easy as can be. Anyway, hey, Thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.